okay 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 means your share okay means rat and maybe she she pronounced it she she meant to say oh i had my share of she now said i had my okay so that's what i had my rat off so something like that and oh that the king would just laugh indulgently like ah okay i i, I get what you're trying to say but it sounded like so that thing he he would just laugh indulgently but other people would laugh they'll laugh so that they can mock her and then Riga just took this scene in and it took him back to when he was 12 and visited the English court with his father. But now he was not the, the target of that mockery. It was his wife. Hello, Novels and Bits listener. What's up? What's up? Okay, um, it's been a week. I know, I know. We're supposed to see on Thursday what happened. Okay, here's the deal. Mm, life hasn't been predictable lately. So based on the phase that I'm currently at, I have to only release podcast episodes on Monday for now. This arrangement is not permanent. So when things are a bit stable and more sane, I would continue two episodes a week. But for now, we'll focus on one episode a week and on growing the community because I see how to create materials for advertising, the reels, the riffs, the quotes, all of that. So, and I see how to like work an actual job that pays money and be able to support all this. So this is me apologizing. Really, I am sorry. Honestly, I am. That, you know, especially if you are someone who really looks forward to this podcast, thank you so much. And just know that it's going to keep coming. Just it won't come twice a week. So I hope you can be patient with me and still know that at least I'll show up weekly unless it's a week when we have breaks. Because I said after episode 30 or so, we'll go on like a two or three week break. You know, it's just give space to um have most have more stories um some haven't interviews done and some other things sorted out for the podcast so with all that please i ask you forgive me be understanding with me and i really appreciate you so much i really do especially you who test me all the time to tell me oh my god this story i this guy did this girl did and i'm like yes i i mean i thought that same thing too honestly whenever i do things like that that's the best part i'm like yes that's why i'm doing this i mean let's riff about this thing let's get mad about this story <laughs> honestly that's the best part about doing novels in bed snibber now that we've gotten that riff out of the way very necessary riff today Let's get into today's episode. So we've been on the story of Virga and Kari. That's Behind Closed Doors by Bettina Kran. That's a story we've been on for um, two Mondays now. So today we're going to finish the story. Hallelujah. Finally. So <laughs> it's so pretty long. Honestly, yeah, I, I know. Like, I really had to jump back a lot. I had to, like, summarize a lot and stuff. But I still really hope you get all the emotions, all of the gist, all of the angst. Even though everything is just, like, summary, like, zam, let, let's just zim, go through it. So, that's what today's about. Okay. Now, just a brief recap of the story. We know that Ruga Carlson is this guy from Sweden who was sent to England as an ambassador. Go and make relations between the Swedens and the English better. Okay, I'm going to do that. But in addition, I'm going to take my revenge. Because the English were bad to me and my father when we went there when I was 12 years old. So he goes there 
And the first person he decides to take revenge in her on, or rather take revenge through. You know, one thing about revenge is that people are involved in revenge, whether it's the people who did it or the people who didn't do it, but Sha people are involved. So, and the people he wanted, the person he wanted to take uh, revenge on chiefly was um, Elizabeth of. Uh, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth of England. And the thing is, the thing she values the most in her life is loyalty of her maidens, her ladies' mates. And her favorite at the time was Cory, Corina. And the thing is, Cory caught the attention of Ruga. He ended up falling in love with her. You know, they got into a discompromising situation. Elizabeth had no choice but to order them to get married. But even then, she was still trying to separate them. You know, try to steal Ruga out in the night because she he, he didn't she didn't want to entertain the idea that Ruga won by finally stealing her pet from her. So she tried to really separate them. Adopted Ruga twice. So after the second time, Ruga had no choice but to now abduct his wife. And accidentally, his wife's cousin, Anne, and they all kind of got on a ship going back to Sweden. That's where we are at currently. But then, on the ship, he had to now explain to Curry, see why I did what I did. Your queen abducted me. But Curry has this innocence, you know, generally. She tries to see the best of the world, best in people, and stuff like that, including Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth has her good part, but she's also a monarch. So she also has her evil side. So Corrie never really saw Elizabeth's evil side because Elizabeth more or less took Corrie like her own daughter, her own self. Do you get? So Corrie could just see her through this rose-colored lens. So when they're like, your queen did this, your queen did that, she's like, no, my queen is not capable of this and things like that. And, you know, in, in trying to expose Elizabeth's bad side, Ruga ended up exposing his own bad side to Corrie. So that kind of created a rift between them. So, and this is, so, and Ruga was feeling bad about it, but he left Cory to her own privacy on the cabin, do you get? And fortunately for Cory, Anne is on this trip with her. So it's actually Anne who intervened and we'll see how she sorted out the whole thing. Yes, so this is a recap of what we have so far. So let's finish the story. Okay, start, go. After Ruga left the cabin, because, you know, he and Cory just fought and stuff like that. He, or rather, he wasn't in her good graces because now he has he had revealed that he actually came to England for revenge and she was part of it. But then he fell in love with her and things like that. But Ruga is just, but Cory's still like, still, you, you meant to be mean to me and you are not what I thought you were. And she's feeling all betrayed and she's just feeling sorry for herself in the cabin by herself. And then she's like, well, hold on, it's me that was trained myself at this guy, Sha. He was trying to keep me away, Sha. And I hadn't... I just ignored all his warnings, my father's warnings, Elizabeth's warnings, all the books I've been reading. I ignored everything. And now this is the result. I find out I found out that the person I married is not who I thought he was. He's just handsome, but his handsomeness concealed dark intentions, things like that. So when Anne entered the cabin and it was cold, she wrapped herself in, in a thick comforter. And then Anne was like, so what's up with your sad mood? What's going on, Curry? Curry's like, she's now saying crying. Anne told her cousin, I think I made a mistake by Mary Ruga. And then Anne couldn't believe that it was that bad. She's like, okay, tell me exactly what you mean. So Curry told her how Ruga hated England and bragged that she'd stolen her from Elizabeth. Anne's response was surprised. She was like, yeah, many people hate England. And honestly, Ruka deserves gratitude from stealing you from Elizabeth's clutches. If she hadn't, you would have been a virgin until you are old. Because that's the truth. Elizabeth would have just kept you by her side jealously. As for the man that I married in my own time, Anne was telling her that, see, many of us, when we marry, (laughs) women, 
many of us, when we marry, the, our husbands turn out not to be the person we expected them to be. And that's okay. Because for in my own case now, if I had known that my husband, like Anne's late husband, if I'd known that he had bedded a lot of women, I wouldn't have agreed to marry him. But then because I already fell in love with him, we knew each other before I found all of that out. So when he told me about it, we're able to make fun of it. And then he would wag his brows at me and tell her I was pressing to get it right for you. Things like that. So Corey was able to settle down after Anne imparted his wisdom on her. And honestly, what do you think about this wisdom? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you because I need to hear what you think. So that night, a young cabin boy brought them food, extra blankets, hot coals, pail of water. He brought them more food by morning, the other necessities. But there was still no clothes for them to wear because remember, they just stolen them when they were sleeping. Only blankets. They, could, they couldn't bring any dress. So they, they just had to wear blankets and stay inside the cabin that was so cold. So Anne was like, oh God, without, they're just wearing a blanket and this. I'm starting to feel like a horse. One without a rider. I mean, she just made like you know, a dirty joke there. Corey was like, I, I can't believe you can make this kind of joke at a time like this. <laughs> they understand. But at least it helped for some comic relief. Then by mid-morning, the men came to offer a solution to the clothes problem, like um, Thorn and, and Ruga. They were like, okay, the truth is you can't go on deck because you don't have clothes. But look at the thing here. We have clothes, yes? And we can give some of them to you. You can alter them and you wear them. So whenever the sea men are below deck, you can come on deck so that you can breathe air outside the cabin. Just that kind of arrangement. Obviously, they had to agree and things like that. Ruga missed Corrine intensely. He couldn't stop thinking of how his anger at the queen and her loyalty to that same queen had thrown them apart. After they'd gotten dressed, Anne gave them some privacy in the cabin. Like, they've already altered the clothes. Everybody's now wearing man's clothes. They don't. And I said, okay, both of you, I'll leave you to talk. So Ruga apologized to Carrie sincerely and told her the truth of why he came to England. Believing the bitter experience that he and his father faced at the English courts was painful for him. And it embarrassed Corrie. Because she's like, oh, God, I, I can't believe my people were that mean to your people. Oh, God. But, but it also made her remember how Anne had spoken that, okay, Swedes are barbarians. You understand? So they treated them based on if they're barbarians. They're not high class like us. Things like that. So Elizabeth had mocked his father's weaknesses because he couldn't dance. He couldn't quote a pretty verse. He couldn't play lute. But he could fight. He could negotiate peace terms with the most cantankerous man. But Elizabeth had just over, she had overlooking those good qualities of his dad so Ruga had learned to be everything his father was and wasn't and then he returned to England the perfect man to take revenge he had intended to steal the women's loyalties as Elizabeth had stolen the loyalties of the other Sweden delegates that came with his father and then she had caused his father great shame it hurt Curry to hear what he went through and what he intended he had intended for the court women including herself she stopped him from talking she looked away from him he begged her to look at him and listen he explained that although it was revenge that drove him to chase he had wanted her even without revenge in mind his expression was like i am so pained please please just look at me i promise you turned all my plans upside down and look at the thing about Corey. she couldn't dance right she kissed well she chased reindeer she surprised him with interest in his homeland she declared her love for him in public when she played a vaginal instrument and he sang along like they had so many bonding moments yet he had tried to resist her to protect her but she kept coming to him she was untarnished pure and like sunlight dancing on the ocean everything about her was fascinating and wonderful and he wanted to preserve it since he's lost his innocence of life not just sexually at 12 because people always ask him oh you lost your innocence but then we saw from the previous episode when Curry told Riga that, but you already have my innocence. 
I mean, you, you showed me all these wonders. You, you made me see the world like this. So in a sense, it's not just sexual implications right now. It's like everything else. How do they view life? What kind? Are they jaded? Do they see it through like, oh, life is beautiful. It's, oh my God, everything about life, you just have to work to earn it. That's losing your innocence. Okay, so for Ruga, since he lost his own innocence at 12, he didn't want to take any other person's own. But then Corey had offered her own to him. Do you get? And he hadn't planned on marrying, not to talk of marrying her. But he didn't regret it at all. He confessed his love for her and how she'll always be his heart, the best part of him. He wanted to make it home with her, but in Sweden alone, because obviously now they can't return to England since they snuck away. Did she mind so much? Curry didn't. It was her desire to travel and see the land. And this was a perfect opportunity. She threw her hands around him and kissed him and they surrendered to making love. Meanwhile, Anne tried to go above deck. And after she left the room for privacy now, she tried to go above deck. But Tom was like, you know, she got in her way and told her, see, our agreement with the captain is that you cannot go above deck dressed in a man's clothes unless the same men are below deck. It's scandalous. Anne was like, well, I don't have anywhere to go because Corey and Ruga, they're talking in the cabin. Then he had to bring out his own cabin. Then his cabin, they got into an argument about how she was wearing his trousers. According to Tom, she's not wearing it right. But, Tom is, uh, but Anne had to explain, see, a woman's anatomy differs from your own anatomy. So I had to make adjustments as necessary. She even had to go the extra mile and tease him like, mm, okay, I noticed that your cord piece, the cord piece is literally like a part of the clothing that holds the man thing. I, I can't say that explicitly on this podcast where you get now the man thing. So she had to go the extra mile to tease him about that part of his anatomy, that the cord piece was big, it's like your own, your man thing. Is it really that big or is it just wishful thinking on your part? Tom was like, God, you're so bored and shameless. But at the same time, he was excited by it. He's like, God, you have such a foul mouth. You shouldn't have such a foul mouth. And, and Anne was like, well, there's only one way to sweeten it. So tensions were really high. And before long, during this intense makeout section that the writer described so flowery. She, you know. So halfway through, he left the room to think about what he was doing. Like hold on why am i you know he just pushed away he just pushed away from her left the room went above deck and he was like thinking about it why am i getting involved with Anne like this time and time again then it dawned on ton that i actually want to be with this woman i know he's not going to be like any other woman i've been with that always leaves me feeling slightly guilty but i really want to be with this woman so by the time tom returned to the cabin because he wanted to like let Anne know that i want to be with you she had already left the cabin so since Kari and riga were back together you know they were to share their own cabin which meant Anne and Tom needed to like have separate places to sleep because you know the initial arrangement had been Anne and Kari, the women had the cabin together the men had the cabin together but now with Kari and riga you know reconciled and sharing one cabin as husband and wife Anne and Ton had to find their way. But obviously, since Anne is a woman, Ton just like, okay, the cabin I was sharing with Ruga, you can sleep there. Me, I'm going to just sleep where the same and normally sleep. So quietly, you know, definitely between, directly between the both of them, Anne was like, Ton, you can share my bed, but you have to say what I want you to, what I want to hear. Unfortunately for the guy, he had no damn clue what she wants, what she wanted to hear. Like, the thing about Ton is he's really slow. Like, he's really slow in catching on. <laughs> Unlike Ruga, that is, you know, sharp guy. Oh, oh, Tony's quite slow. 
but I think it's part of his charm. You know, if, if, if let's say he was the main character of this book, kind of lights you on him, you'll find that really charming. So now the entire journey to Sweden lasted two weeks because that was not, you know, the weather hadn't changed much and stuff, but this was December, I think, early December. So Corey spent time learning Swedish words while they were still traveling there, while Anne spent time torturing Ton subtly. In the eyes of every other person, she, she was insulting him because he's not cheerful, because he's always like maybe mean face. But between both of them, they knew what she was doing to him. So on their last night on the ship, Tom finally figured out what Anne wanted him to say. So he came out plain and simple and told her, I want you. That's a huge step for Righteous Dawn. Again, when we read these things, please consider the times. Like the boldness, the morality, the sensuality, all of those things. They were quite brazen in those days. I mean, all they did was leave, make love, you know, have properties, do war. This is their time. Like the Tudors is a very morally shaky time in history so just take it like it is okay so when they arrived at Stockholm Harbor like you know the four of them now they've arrived now in Sweden so it, the, this the Harbor just reminded Corey of London's own and this made her feel both relieved like oh okay at least this is not so different from home I'm disappointed because I have waited all my life to travel and this is it you know so the men on the other hand they were nervous about what the king's reaction would be to their return I mean, they had abducted two high-born English ladies and brought them to Stockholm after all. The news of what they'd done was bound to get to the king eventually. So they got to Riga's house and he introduced the women to his servants. They were so shocked, his servants, and they couldn't hide their shock. Curry tried to reassure them in the Swedish words she knew, but it didn't help much. Now, Tom couldn't open his house at the same time as Riga, or it would be obvious they both returned and they were trying to stay low-key for a while. So everybody would bunk down at Riga's for a while. Anne was the main reason why the men were nervous, actually. Because they were like, okay, we can explain Corrie's own as far. She's your wife. But then what are we going to say about Anne? Anne now surprised everybody. She's like, mainly Corrie and Ruga, who didn't understand her sudden change of hearts, you know? She was like, oh, don't worry. I can say that I accompanied my cousin of my own free will. So there'll be no trouble from her own end. So that kind of made them breathe easy. But they were still all shy, staying low-key, you know, wanting the king to know they were back yet. So for the first three days after their return, merchants, tradesmen, seamstresses, they were snuck into the house so that the women could select fabrics and start measuring, you know, to have their new new clothes made now since they don't they didn't come with any clothes. They were able to shop buy two gowns for the time being so that the women can be wearing while their clothes are getting soon. So soon Christmas celebrations was was like three days away. Corey tried to make the preparations a secret. She tried to like actually hand the housekeeper, let them plant things. But then there were language and cultural barriers. In fact the housekeeper when Corey would be trying to just communicate in words this, that, yellow tie, this one. The woman would just keep straight face like she doesn't know what Corey is saying. So Corey would look like a fool. So Ruga literally walks into that situation where the housekeeper was disrespecting Corey and he's like, I told her, I answer your mistress. Like Ruga was mad. Like, how, why are you disrespecting my wife? What's that? Do you get? So Christmas celebrations were held. It was a lovely affair. They went to church, had a small but lavish dinner. Corey played the vagina, like Christmas songs on the vagina. Ruga sang along. Servants even gathered at doorways and many of them were smiling. And so Corey was sure making progress more small in their house. Then the day after Christmas, the secret came out that Ruga was back and the king now sent for him. 
Curry asked Rogar to take the solid gold arrow that Ton had won in archery to the king. You know, you know that you know that time now that Ton won um arrow match now at the English tournament. So he's like, okay, just carry that arrow, that solid gold arrow he won. Take it to your king and tell him that the queen sent it as a token of how the king's offer of friendship have found its target in her heart. <laughs> Curry has sent die. So it worked. The king and then that thing that made the king believe this is that he had received that false letter now that Elizabeth sent that time Riga was still impressing her. You know, she sent a letter, she was praising Ruga and thanking the king for the gifts he sent. As far as the king was concerned, Ruga's trip to England was a success. Well for his English wife now. So Ruga had to sp- he had to now spin this love story that was half true that he laid eyes on current tournament day, he fell in love, he pursued her, won her over, that even the queen had sponsored their this thing, that sponsored their their vows, thrown a wedding feast for them. But the reason why they had to leave England early is because his wife's family is against it and things like that. So he he honestly added at the end that he hoped that uh, the wife left England do that it will not wound England and Sweden's relations. So Oga really made it look like uh, that. Mm, like he made everything m- make sense. All the actions so far make sense. You know, just a fine blend of truth and lie. So King Johan was entertained. He was like, as Riga is a good storyteller, the, that guy has mouth. So by the time he was done, King Johan was like, ah! You enjoy though. Ah, your adventure plenty. He was satisfied with him. I was like, you see, see, in four days, you have to come back with your wife. I want to see her. We'll have a feast in the palace, you know. But then there was a problem. Corey did not have anything to wear. That's a big deal for a woman. Fortunately, Sha, they were able to find something nice for her to wear, really nice. And then she also practiced with Ruga on how to greet the king, the other nobles. And then they now went to the palace. At the palace, Corey was seated with some women. And then she tried to make conversation with them in her accented switch swedish tongue but they were silent and they made fun of her among themselves Riga was so annoyed when he noticed their treatment of his wife there are more people against the english bride than for her at court many women who had hoped that the wealthy counts would marry their daughters they they were more against cory and then they also they now drag their husbands to see her see her the same way as well don't don't not talk to that girl don't even come and do like accepting her do you understand that kind of thing and then when cory stumbled in speech because Swedish is not a language that she was born or trained with. I mean, she's just been learning this thing for like how long? One month? Like, do you understand? And she's been learning fast though. There's someone who already knows how to speak through other languages with ease. So when she would stumble in speech and she pronounce a word that, you know, maybe, for instance, now in Igbo, we have maybe two words that sound alike. Maybe, um, what now? This now, okay, okay. Do you understand? Maybe, okay means your share. Okay means rat. And maybe she, she pronounced it. She, she meant to say, oh, I had my share. She now said, I had my okay. So that's what I had my rat off. So something like that. And oh, that, the king would just laugh indulgently like, ah, okay. I, I, I get what you're trying to say, but it sounded like this or that thing. He, he would just laugh indulgently. But other people would laugh. They would laugh so that they can mock her. And then Riga just took this scene in and it took him back to when he was 12 and visited the English court with his father. But now he was not the, the target of that mockery. It was his wife. To make matters worse, the king now invited Cory to dance. And that's how worst nightmare comes to pass. Obviously, you cannot refuse the king. So the king was surprised that, ah, 
this this fine English girl cannot dance, and then he now slowed down the dancing so that he could just teach her small small so that they could do his small small, and then he put everybody out of tune. So Corey was embarrassed, she was humiliated, and then when she now looked at Ruga, he would now look so angry, and she thought, "Oh my God, he is angry at me." Ruga was helpless as he watched his own kinsmen make mockery of his wife and her efforts to learn their ways. After the dance with the king, Ruga took her to the cat and then she was now crying she was asking for his forgiveness like took her to the cat as well let us be going home she was sorry she's like i'm sorry i don't know how to dance i'm i'm, I'm sorry that i attempted and i failed to speak swedish she, and she was like don't worry i'm going to i'm going to study every day i promise i promise she was god the thing was just tearing regards at her part and you know this at this time ruga had not told Corey that i actually feel mad because of how they're treating you He's just quiet and just like internalizing everything going on because he just can't believe what is going on. Because these are people he grew up with. He knows them as lovely and everything. But is this how they're treating someone he loves just because she's a foreigner? Do you understand? So do you remember Soran's shame from his time at the English court? It hit him like a foot. Because the roles are now reversed. And it was now so tense. He shut her off. And then she felt like she did something wrong. Unaware that Oga was dealing with his own thing. She cried until she slept off. Her heart was hurting. And then Ruga now drove them home. Then he, as they arrived, he carried her to her bed. And he went out immediately because he was so angry. Then Tom went out to, to find him. And then the house was left vulnerable. Although there are footmen in the house too. I mean, people that will guide the house normally. But then, if let's say... <laughs> Don't dumb people, strong people are coming for something. The men of the house are not there, so the house is vulnerable. And unbeknownst to Rugan Ton, uh, Jack and Maurice Lombard and Maurice Lombard were in town. Jack is um Corey's dad. Maurice Lombard is the Queen's spy. Like that, that has something to gain from you know skulking about. So Jack and Maurice they were in town and they have been waiting for an opportunity to steal the women back to England, because Ton and Ruga were out. Like I said. They had a chance. And the thing is, they also hired some local, you know, Swedish people that you can buy with coin to help them uh, successfully steal the girls. And however, on the ship, after they've stolen the girls, those women, they joined forces, they beat Lombard up. Like, why would you bring me out to Stockholm? Did I ask you to bring me out? He was confused. Shouldn't they be grateful he helped them get out of there? Oh, God doesn't know what's going on. So, Corey was so withdrawn and quiet the entire time on the ship, both because of the incident that last happened between her and Ruga and the fact that she may never see him again. She believed he no longer wanted an English bride and he wouldn't come after her. And her father truly saw that, ah, I, I make mistake. Oh, this my daughter actually really likes this guy. Ah, she didn't just marry him because they had scandal. But you know, father's pride. So throughout the time on the ship, Corey and her father's relationship was very poor, very cold and icy. So when Ton and Ruga, they finally returned, you know, after Ton had, Ruga had gone out to, you know, because he was vexing to clear his head and things like that. He came back and, ah, his wife is gone. And they knew he's the handwork of the queen because of a parchment, like a, a piece of paper that was left behind with her wax seal, ER. It means Elizabetta Regina. So Riga was both angry and he felt as if all hope was lost. Now, it wasn't just a matter of bringing her back. But would she want to come back after his people had scorned her? So you see, the situation now is different. It's not a matter of, they stole my wife. Let me go and get her back. I love her. It's a matter of, I know what this girl went through while she, when she was last here. Does she want to come back? And then on her own part, it's like, ah, I did not, uh, I was too much of a foreigner. Maybe he doesn't even want me. Maybe he even prefer that he marries someone that is like him. So a Swedish woman. So that's a very big divide right now because neither of them know if the other person still wants them. 
right? So meanwhile, Corey finally learned that Anne and Torn, they had been getting at it the whole time in, in Stockholm. She was slow when it came to things like that. I mean, Anne and Thorne, they were in love. It wasn't fair that because of the Queen's other, Anne was taken from Thorne without warning. The cousins, they just sat together. They were just moping, both of them miserable. So once they arrived in London, they went straight to see the queen. Corey had lost her girlish awe for Elizabeth. Like that awe, my queen can do no wrong. Because why would you steal me away from my husband's side to prove a point? What is it? Why are you just being a possessive woman who wants your lady's love, affection and loyalty all for yourself? What? Obviously, she didn't say all this thing to her, but Elizabeth could just sense that uh, Corey is just cold and cool. And she's like, okay. That just gonna rest in your father's estate first. You understand? So Corey's mom, Mary, she was in her last few weeks of pregnancy and it's it was such a high risk pregnancy. So she was confined to bed rest. She was tired, she was giving up because ah, my husband is not here, my daughter is not here, what's going on? Everybody, I'm not I've not heard from anybody. But as soon as her husband and her daughter, you know, Corey, her eldest child came back, she just got ginger again to keep like let me defeat this pregnancy. And then once her and her her husband had a chance to talk like Jack. They had a chance to talk in private after Corey just excused them. She's like, Corey looks sad. Corey's so sad. Jack is like, yes, yes, I made a mistake. I didn't actually know they loved each other like this until after I took her. I just hope that Ruga is hard-headed enough to come back to England and fight for his bride. So after two weeks of mourning Corey, you know, like Ruga was just moping about, missing Corey, ah, she left. This is a the that dresses now. You know that time they first arrived on them in Sweden that the other dresses because the women did not have anything that they other plenty dresses. All those dresses now finally arrived to the house, and it was like a wake up call. Like ah, these are her things, oh, and I cannot be here moping. Oh, I have to do something. So he now went to King Johan and now told them that Elizabeth took his wife from him. So the entire court were in shock. Even the ones that laughed and scorned her, they were like ah, that sweet girl. That lovely girl that that adopted Sweden like her second home. Ah, no, you have to go and get her back or we have to bring her back. So we're going to ask, see, see, see human beings, the way they can change mouth. But at least the good thing is that the queen, the king agreed, King Johan of um, Sweden. He now agreed that to make um, Riga an ambassador again so that he can return to England and bring his bride back. You know, gave him all the credentials and protection that he, he can use to survive England in any case. So a month after they returned to England, like these are the girls now. Anne came to Corey's estate because when they initially arrived in England, she went her own. Anne went her own father's estate. Corey went her own father's estate. But Anne now came to Corey's father's estate now. And now told her cousin, see, I'm pregnant for Tonu. She didn't regret it. She had always wanted a child. But her late husband hadn't wanted them to have children yet. So he had been, you know, he's an experienced man now. He knew he knew how to not get a woman pregnant. But he had died before they could get around to making babies. Now, Anne was going to have a child and she wanted a child. But then, because of the times that it was, her father might disown her. And Elizabeth might punish her as far. You, you betrayed me. You went and slept with man I did not approve of. And things like that. So two months after the women were abducted from Stockholm. You know, this is a full two months right now. After that day that they stole them away from the house. Ruga and Tom finally landed on English soil. They were undercover as mesh and so they even they even came with piles of trunks and tr- and crates. It was slow traveling with them, but at least also granted them some protection. They didn't want the queen to even know they were in England yet. If they had their way, they would just sneak in and sneak out of England with their wives without, or rather with their women now. 
Eh? Because Thorn is not married to Anne yet, you know, with without the queen knowing. So this all happened on one cool afternoon in March. You know, this whole thing started in December and I was already March. You get. So one of Corey's nine-year-old twin sister came to beg her to help her catch her phone that escaped from its pen. Like, you know, remember that Corey is a deer catcher. So she went into the woods to try and catch the deer. However, when she found her, the deer, the, the deer had the Sweden's flag on her back. So at once she knew Riga was close by. Sweden's flag? <laughs> that means Riga did this thing. You get. Remember how all the dear experience they've had. I mean, if you don't, you should listen to part one of this story so that you know this the dear gist. So Riga was hiding in the woods and when she came around where he was, you know, like she's now walking like where is Riga? She's now walking around the woods and she's now nearing where he was hiding, he came out. So things were awkward between them at first because neither of them they're like, should I should I hug him? Should should I not hug him? What should I say to her? So Curry was just like, okay, what did you come for? You know, and he's like, I came to return the clothes that are yours, as per those clothes that arrived now in his house that are her own. So they were made for her in Sweden. And then Nesson's like, and I also came to offer you my arms. He now opened his arms out wide. I came to offer you my lips myself because it belongs to you. So she now hugged him. And then he held her there. He now admitted that actually he learned that no country, revenge, people or pride is more important to him than loving her. He wanted it beautifully like this. So please listen, because it's a beautiful poetry-like part. Mm? He's like, there is nothing more important than this, Curry. A man can love a country or a people, a cause or an ideal, but they will never ever truly love him in return. They may respect and obey him, may exploit and consume him, may elect and even honor him, but in the still of the night, the loneliness and anguish of a human heart can only be touched and comforted by another human heart. What nobility there is to be found in mankind is found in loving, in the free giving of self to another, in the tender companioning of another's struggles in life. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this the whole point of this is just saying that, see, none of life is like the whole thing of, ah, my country, my people, my this, my that. It does not matter. Those things are not what you are living for. You are living to love someone else, to have companionship, to, to know that beauty. That's what you are, lo- you are living for. And that's what is important to him. So as he said all these things, tears fell out of Curry's eyes. She kissed him. And then he's like, oh, Ton came with me too. But luckily for Ton, he had already found Anne by herself in the garden. Their reconciliation was quick. He was so happy when Anne was like... I'm pregnant. And he's like, yes, I'm going to be a father. Yes, I have an heir because he's a baron. Then they snuck up to Andrew to celebrate. So unknown to the happy couples, you know, all of them doing reconciliation and whatsoever, Lombard had been watching Jack's estate. You know, Lombard now, the king's spy. Because the queen suspected that Riga would be back. And now that Riga was back, <laughs> Lombard went to call for reinforcements, you know. So there's trouble brewing mm, again. So at Riga's insistence, Corey introduced him to her mother, Mary, who was so pleased to meet him. She could tell he loved her daughter and she just spent many hours. They were talking. Riga was so charmed by his mother-in-law. He's like, ah, okay, Corey had taken after this woman's charm and widow. Ah. Then when Jack now came in, he was like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? his wife and Corey from Ruga. But before they could fight, Mary cried out. The baby was coming. While Corey and the women helped Mary to deliver, Jack and um, Ruga were downstairs. So they made their peace there. The baby was a boy. Finally, Jack had his son because up until now, he only had three daughters 
um, Corey and the twins that night, but now he had a son and the next L. Corey was no longer the heiress and the future countess, but it doesn't matter because she still regards countess, so she's still a countess in her own right, and she will not, she no longer inherit her father's title since her father now has a son. Okay, so much later, this is after Corey and Riga had celebrated, they have made love, they now remembered, ah, Tono, Ano, let's go and tell them, let's go and tell Anda, Tony's around, but by the time they came to Anne's room, they found her and Tony together. Tone had already proposed we were going to get married both of them were so embarrassed to be found together both of them were so red so by morning the queen's guards arrived i mean everybody had just been happy yesterday then by morning trouble came the queen's guards arrived they arrested Rigantone. it was a hard fight because they fought now like da, 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 da. ah but they were outnumbered, so they still carried them, the two men. And But before Riga was taken, he managed to tell Jack about his, his ambassador credentials. So Anne and Corrie were brought to the palace too, because the queen demanded it. So Corrie was kept locked in a room, a comfortable room, but she kept praying for Riga. She was like, ah, this guy is proud old. Even and he might make matters worse for himself when he's called upon in judgment, but she was praying for him. Then Elizabeth sent for Corrie and told her that, okay, the reason why I brought you in is as a witness against your husband. And this is a singular confrontation this duel had in the book. And boy, it was powerful. I wish I could really go into details of this confrontation. But look at the gist of it. Elizabeth felt she was right because Ruga had taken her subjects from her without her permission. Corey was like, I am his wife. That's a position greater than being your subject or your pet. The queen was convinced that Ruga had poisoned Corey's mind against her. But Corey was like, look, it's not so. That's, see, why do you always see love as far? If I love my husband, I cannot love you. That the heart makes room to accommodate more love. That's just the gist of it. Elizabeth was pricked though, but she had her pride. You you understand? And then she now fled up when Corey's like, I know the one that taught me that a woman's greatest virtue is loyalty. Does the queen lack it too? She's not like, actually, so Corey was like, even when Corey was taken away, she's like, ah, oh, I think I went too far by saying that part. But she just wanted to say everything on her heart. So Elizabeth was like, God, take Corey back to her room. Hold her in there. The next thing, the queen's secretary, Cecil, now came later with Jack like Corey's father to see her she didn't want to see them but then Cecil now you know he shall knows his way around the queen and her moods he had um what's his name Ruga's credentials to prove that ah Ruga he's on English soil as an ambassador you can't just kill him or do anything once with him or um um, Sweden nobles approved of him or they sent him but Elizabeth was just too angry to to acknowledge this fact Cecil knew her problem was wounded pride so he suggested that okay see let us find a punishment that fits his offense that look how the thing we can offer Riga. let him pay homage to england to england by pledging his loyalty and service to her elizabeth was pleased with this idea because she knows that riga is proud and maybe he'd rather stay in jail and forfeit his marriage than to say that he will serve england you understand but then riga surprised her you know riga is no longer the same arrogant man who thought that england is bad or that sweden is supreme because yeah he knows now that mankind is innately flawed and he valued love above countries and people so when he was called before elizabeth judges and given a chance to make a choice everybody was there ton and Corey, everybody he went silent for a long time keep everyone wondering increase attention then he fell to his knees before the before elizabeth and pledged his loyalty to her he now added as he did to sweden ah ah elizabeth was like what was that supposed to mean he's like he now explained to elizabeth see i've already sworn loyalty to sweden i cannot take it back but i can only add loyalty to england on top 
You understand? So Elizabeth was outraged though, but then she now met Corey's eyes that were pleading with tears and now reminded Elizabeth of a time when she was innocent and nobler. So she was like, okay, you know, that queen. <laughs> so I'm going to give you conditions, Riga, that see, you're going to be an ambassador both to Sweden and to England. You're going to strengthen their relations. You're also going to make England your principal seat, not Sweden. You can visit Sweden occasionally and he would serve English interests and purpose with the Sweden courts as per you work with Sweden to further this relation. Like you're both an ambassador of England to Sweden and an ambassador of Sweden to England. Do you get that kind of thing? So he agreed to Elizabeth's terms and then she declared him free to go. Like in monarch's power. After all the sorcery, after all the long list of you did this one, you did that one. You need to see the charges she leveled against this guy. After everything, she's like, hey, you can't go. So, <laughs> you understand? She could have actually done much worse so, and gotten away with it. But, thank God, she was good in this scenario. So, Cory just came to kneel before Elizabeth and thanked her. Now, they were still done. Elizabeth wasn't in the mood to have messy twice in one afternoon. Ah, this monarchs. So, Riga suggested a punishment, in quotes. Elizabeth was suspicious, but she agreed to hear him out. Riga pr- proposed that Thorne should take an English bride. And... Elizabeth didn't know they already got along and she assumed eh the marriage would punish Don, so she agreed. <laughs> if only she knew. We've come to the epilogue of the story. Later, there was a grand celebration at Jack's estate. I think a month later or so. A lot of noble families gathered for the three-day celebration. Jack's brother and aunt's father, Baron Henry. He was around too. The brothers reconciled. So the first celebration was for Anne and Tom's marriage. Day two was for Corey and Riga's five-month-old marriage. Then day three was for the christening of Corey's baby brother, the new heir of the elder of Straffen. His name was Rack Huntington. So Riga and Corey, they were given a house as part of her amended dowry settlement. Anne and Thorn, they also got a house close to their own, like to Riga and Corey's now. So everybody kind of lived happily ever after. Ah, the end. It's a good story, right? Okay. So I'm so glad we came to the end of this story. Finally. Ah, this last part. If you know the Ephesia ID to cut this story short. <laughs> but I really hope you got the whole gist and I would love to hear what you think. Anyhow, wherever you're listening, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. Then if you're on Apple Podcasts, please re- rate and um, review the podcast too. Like you can only rate on Spotify, but you can review and rate on Apple Podcasts. Please don't forget and tell someone about the podcast if you enjoyed it. That's all. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you on Monday. Not Thursday, Monday. Thank you. Bye.